This is AC Primetime Radio. The new media is taking over where the old media failed. A fascist dictatorship. Are you high right now? Can you stay catered? You are fake news. Live from the home of Miss America, it's time to reimagine, redevelop, reinvest, and track the reinvention of Atlantic City. This is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. So we are talking to Lance Landgraf. He is the director of planning for the CRDA, the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. My name is Mel Taylor from AC Primetime Radio, the podcast on the road. We're here at the CRDA building in Atlantic City on Pennsylvania Avenue. Lance Landgraf is the director of planning. Welcome to AC Primetime Radio, Lance. Thanks, Mel. What exactly is a master plan? The basis for the master plan, the reason for a master plan, in my mind, as the director of planning, is we need to create land use regulations within that tourism district. Right now, we use Atlantic City's ordinances as a basis for our land use guidance. Master plans are typically updated every 10 years? Correct. You decided that, well, the last one was done five years ago, Mm -hmm. but because of the dramatic amount of changes over the past six months, is that why maybe you said, let's really amend the master plan now? Well, not necessarily. It it seems to work out that way, and I think it's, it's very, it's timely. Uh, the reason why we're doing these amendments is we needed to add three elements to the master plan in order to draft the land use regulations. Uh, a housing element, a land use element, and a statement of goals and objectives. Under when, when the tourism district was, was created, it said, all right, until you create your own regulations, you use Atlantic City's frozen in time. So if the city were to change something in Chapter 163, their land use regs, it would not affect anything we do in the tourism district. We're, we're kind of stuck with that document. It's a situation where it was written in 1978 when the casinos first came to town. So there's a lot of uses that are not relevant anymore and a lot of new uses that were not even contemplated. How many people had a cell phone in 1978? Cell phone towers are not permitted or antennas are not permitted anywhere. And were there phone booths in town at that time, maybe? Uh, Probably, right? there were, yes. Um, so that's one of the things, that's a very easy example, but that's one of the examples why we're looking to rewrite the regulations to be more current, to effectuate better economic development. Another good example is the polar coaster, or even the, the water park that, that we've, we've heard so recently coming back to life a little bit at the Atlantic Club. The previous application, the Endeavor application, needed to get a redevelopment plan approved so they wouldn't need a use variance to come in for a water park. A water park is not a permitted use, or an amusement ride is not a permitted use on the landward side of the boardwalk under the current regulations. So to avoid having to go through the process of getting a variance, because that could be, what, expensive and time-consuming? And it's a difficult variance to obtain. The use variance is different from a, a, say, area or bulk variance. So you were preempting or trying to make sure that if a developer wants to come in and consider... You're trying to make sure they don't have to go through that variance process for certain types of developers? Correct. Okay. The polar coaster was, was a good example. Um, the water park, same thing. Do you see what Josh Wallach of the polar coaster fame is doing down in Florida? He I, showed us the videos of the... Your, animations? Uh, animations. Because um, he, he did respond proposing. to one of my... Uh, Josh, please tell me anything that you can. A, are you still interested in the polar coaster in Atlantic City? Is that still somewhat alive? And he goes, yeah, that sounded good the way he responded just a few weeks ago. Absolutely. 
How does your work as the CRDA Director of Planning compare or differ from what the lovely and talented Elizabeth Tyrannic does? As, of course, she's the City of Atlantic City's Director of Planning. Is there some overlap, a little bit of uh, friendly conflict going on between the two? Well, there's certainly some back and forth. I don't know if I'd call it conflict. Uh, Elizabeth and I work very well together. We knew each other before we both took these jobs. Um, of course, you know, I'm just trying to... As you do the stir the pot, move, oh, but a little bit, with but, your hand. But those are two entities, <laughs> and both of you guys have a great passion to make sure Atlantic City uh, turns out for the best as it redevelops. Absolutely. And working through this master plan and these proposed zones was done certainly with the city's knowledge and and input from Elizabeth. I did speak briefly at the planning board meeting last week uh, before my my open public meeting I had at at the convention center. There's certainly some overlap there. They still do code enforcement. So there's some interplay between my my code enforcement guy, zoning officer. If it's not land use, if it goes to property maintenance or something like that, it still falls within the city's parameters. As a developer, an outside developer coming in, you're trying to streamline things. But right now, the city and the CRDA still have to play a role, two distinct entities. Right. The, The approval process for their project would come through us. The land use approvals, they say the site plan application would come through the CRDA. When they go to construct everything, when the site plan is done, they give us the the compliance plans, if you will, say, all right, we meet these conditions. They'll give us those plans, and then we sign off on the plans. We give them what's called a certificate of land use compliance. They take that document over to the city, and they get their building permits. Is that Dale Finch? And That is Dale Finch's office, yes. And he's uh, director of license and inspections. Correct. This is AC Primetime Radio. We're talking to Lance Landgraf of the CRDA. He is the director of planning here. Uh, for the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. My name is Mel Taylor from AC Primetime Radio, the podcast on the road. This one, you may or may not be able to give me a lot of detail, but that's okay. Let's try to be as current as possible. R&R Development Partners, some, they're based out of Ventnor, and they, they're, they're taking a shot again at turning that old Atlantic Club. Not them taking a shot again, but uh, it's another outside entity trying to bring a water park to Atlantic City. Most people would love to see that happen. Uh, the CRDA assisted with zoning issues. Tell me where I go wrong here. In a previous attempt by the Endeavor Group um, to turn the old Atlantic Club, the Hilton, the original Golden Nugget into a water park. Do those preliminary plans, is there preliminary plans from R&R Development Group, do they conform to those previous, uh, uh, the CRDA approvals from the Endeavor Group uh, a year or two ago? The R&R Group has not submitted anything to us just yet. Uh, We're waiting to, to, we're happy to talk to them. Love the project being, the site being reactivated again. Water Park, as you said, is a very exciting use for there. Um, The site does have land use approvals for a water park. Is it likely that they have seen copies of the Endeavor documents to give themselves some degree of confidence? I would. They're available online. They're on our website. They're easily going right on njcrda.com, and you can look under land use applications, and they're there. So chances are very good that they looked at them and said, yeah, I think our idea will fit nicely into this already. Exactly. But they do have less than 50 days before they have to make that deal go down to probably reach out to you guys to double check is that likely to happen do you need me to give him my phone number <laughs> well i'm not see i don't want to go too far but i'm assuming that they know what the procedure is yes. there, you know of course you might be aware of some I've, developers right. on the boardwalk that seem to make their own rules you're familiar with that 
idea here in Atlantic City? I am somewhat familiar with that idea. But I'm thinking the Jingolis of the world and the folks at, at R&R, they, uh, they know what the rules are and they follow them and they get, they get pushed through pretty quick. I believe Mr. so. Mr. I've, Blatstein, right? Yes. I've met with Mr. Young several years ago uh, when he was trying to do something out on Baderfield. And this is the uh, gentleman who has a home in Ventnor. Yes. And it's the Ventnor-based company called R&R Development Partners? I believe that's the name, yes. Okay. Um, so he's aware of, of the development process. So certainly we would hope that they would reach out to us soon. Does the CRDA provide preliminary approvals prior to a major purchase? I mean, do you guys review and okay plans before they close on a building? Is that how the process works, or is that a, um, a service that you provide to uh, create some confidence in outside developers? I don't know that I would call it a service we provide. What typically happens is a contractor or developer will get a, a project or a piece of land under contract with restrictions on it that says, look, um, I have a time period to get my approvals. They'll buy it contingent upon obtaining certain approvals. Um, an applicant has standing to make an application to us if they have a contract of sale to purchase a property. So they can come in at any time before they even buy the property and get these approvals. As long as they have, first of all, the, o- the owner would have to sign the application as the owner. The applicant shows us a contract of sale. It says, I have standing to make the application. So they can certainly come in and before they would purchase the property and get actually get the approvals, not preliminary approvals, and get final approvals. And that would play a big role if they needed financing. Correct. That goes a long way with the bank. Here's my site plan. It's approved. And Lance Langreff's signature is, is on it. it. It would be at the bottom of the page, yes. But it would be a very valuable piece of the bottom of the page. For, I think so. If you're a banker looking to invest would, millions. To be clear, there would be a lot of other signatures on that page as well. <laughs> is it public knowledge or did I just miss it in the paper of, of what that financial snafu was that uh, stopped the development of a water park by the Endeavor Group at the Atlantic Club a few years back? If you missed it, I missed it. I don't, I don't know what their, I know their issue was financial. I don't know what it was. Track the reinvention of Atlantic City. Subscribe to the AC Primetime email newsletter. Sign up at acprimetime.com. Besides the area surrounding the Stockton Project in South Jersey Gas, we love that, the Gateway Project coming off of uh, Route 40. Gardner's Basin, Caspian Point. Two areas ripe for development. And, of course, we know who has, uh, who owns that area at Caspian Point, right? Jared Kushner, mm-hmm. President Trump's uh, son-in-law. I guess those guys have some foresight in regards to development. I'm always intrigued by that. It's always good to have a lot of money and put down, place a bet years ago and, and see it come to fruition. But it, it does play a role in my bullishness on Caspian Point at the end of the boardwalk, the newly uh, being rebuilt boardwalk that'll come right up to the Caspian Point, which used to be the place where Hackney's was and Starnes, and of course, Gardner's Basin and the aquarium. How does the CRDA, Director of Planning, Lance Landgraf, how much of a role do you play there? Well, it's within the tourism district. So we do have land use jurisdiction there, obviously. Um, there are some hurdles at Gardner's Basin. That is green acres restricted. I was going to ask you, can they be transferred, some of those certifications? The the conversion of green acres land open space is difficult. Um, There's a high ratio of trade-off. You have to give other land in not a one-to-one acre relationship. Um, I've heard recently that there is some positive moves in that direction, not a conversion, but to be able to do something more at Gardner's Basin. When you you take green acres money to develop 
a recreation or open space in your community, you have to provide them a map of all open space within your community. And then it's called a Rossi map, um, recreation, open space inventory. That land then becomes restricted forever from major development. You're allowed minor development on it as they have out at at Gardner's Basin now. Um, So they are looking at other options there. I don't know that they're looking at a conversion. They're looking at other options. Even with the restrictions, is it likely that there's some there could be some great stuff going on there anyway? Absolutely. Temporary structures, activities, festivals, all those things are what it was created for. We don't want to overbuild up there for no, sure. No. But something on, on Caspian Point would be phenomenal with that boardwalk wrapping around. I mean that's that that that's a highway coming to a now waterfront area that would be I see ideal. The gateway project already in action. Great development's going to spur a lot of ancillary and adjacent development and, and uh, valuations that will go up. You see uh, potentially Josh Wallet coming back to town and building the polar coaster right next to um, the Claridge. The polar coaster is not on the vacant site right next to Claridge. It's on the other side of Martin Luther King Boulevard. It wasn't where the old sunken ship was. Correct. It was okay. Not. It was on a different property. It's right next to it. I'm very bullish on Caspian Point and the Gardner's Basin because that could be our inner harbor. Unfiltered and undeniable. The new alternative media is becoming the dominant media. Reimagine, reinvent, reinvest. ACPrimetime.com. And I see that in the amended master plan, am I saying this properly here? The amended master plan, that's the way to describe Correct. this proposal. Mm-hmm. The Revel District, it does have a mention of potential use of eminent domain. And if you could speak to that just for a moment, and at the same time, I um, wanted to ask you, if appropriate, the concept of land banking. We always hear that being thrown around back and forth. It's automatically seen by too many as a negative, but I think we all, a lot of us who have a some foresight here. I might get beat up about this, but land banking is often a necessary tactic to create an attractive canvas for development. Of course, there is a short-term loss of rateables. That's probably the biggest negative while that land or parcel is being quote-unquote banked. Try to explain, if you can, to us who are not as bright as you, Mr. Landgraf, and not as, as learned, because we don't know these, and I say that in a serious way, that you, you know this stuff. Explain the rationale to the average Joe, the rationale behind the concept of land banking. Well, the best example of it here at Atlantic City is the walk. That was an area that, that the CRDA went in and purchased a lot of it as a land bank to try and create that, of, that available area for, to make it attractive for a developer so they can come in and get the properties at reasonable prices um, and, and create economic development to reinvent an area. Eminent domain is always the last, the last effort to get those lands. 90% of the time, 95% of the time, the land is purchased in this land banking process. Um, what it does, it, it, it creates an environment for a developer to be able to come in and have the, the land accessible, available, and at a reasonable price. Uh, where if a developer came in and he's buying up all these properties and there's one guy left, that last guy is going to hold out for potentially more money than all of the previous purchases put together because he knows he needs that last piece. So that's where the land banking can certainly assist a developer in, in keeping his costs of land acquisition down. There was success right next to the lighthouse. Jean Mushanik, who runs the lighthouse, mm-hmm. she was happy to see those 
those houses that were sitting there being squatted in, it took some time to get get rid of them. That's the kind of stuff where eminent domain is incredibly important to a community. It certainly can be. There, you know, that was a situation where those homes were a hazard to the community and, and not a, not an asset. It does take a long time. It's not an easy process. Nobody was living in there at that time toward the end, though, right? I didn't think so. I don't believe so. I'm, but the I'm, owner felt like he could hold out for a bigger payday? That's typically what landowners would, would want to look for is the highest and best dollar. This is AC Primetime Radio. In which particular zones or districts do you think will benefit the most right out of the box if and when this proposed master plan amendment goes through? What, one of the changes that we're making is the Ducktown Arts District. Right now, that area has four different zones in it, and it's, it's very cumbersome. It's got an RM3, an NC1, NC2. Uh, I think it's got an R3 in there. That There's, all means you can do this, but you can't do that, exactly. depending on exactly what block you're on. The Ducktown Arts District will kind of take all those uses and, and make them compatible by add and add mixed use. Again, you're going to hear that in almost every zone that we have um, that we're proposing. Mixed use with studios. You can have an art studio downstairs where you do your art. You can live upstairs. Um, so that's one of the things that we're, we're trying to create um, a live work environment for artists in the area of Dante Hall, the noise museum in that area. All of a sudden, Carl Icahn, the guy who still owns the Trump Plaza, decides to knock it down. How does Lance Landgraf play a role? Hey, Lance, could I knock it down? Number one. Number two, once it's knocked down, Lance, now what do I do? Certainly you can knock it down. It's his building. So we don't we wouldn't say anything that he couldn't do that. If you look at the, the master plan, not the amendment, but the original master plan, it actually has the walk expanding into that area, bringing it right up to the boardwalk with some park environment, some green space, some urban green space. That would be ideal from my standpoint, looking at extension of the walk, very successful uh, commercial outlets there, retail outlets. Bringing that right up to the boardwalk, I think, blends those two environments, beachfront and, and urban shopping. Everybody talks about that, the ability to, to connect the boardwalk to the walk. Exactly. That is, and then maybe potentially salvage the Trump Plaza parking lot? Never want to lose parking. That would be great if we could keep that. Again, thinking in theory, if the, the casino itself and the hotel came down, if you could keep the garage, parking is always needed on our special events. And, you know, credit due to the city of Atlantic City. And, and all its partners, including the CRDA, um, special events, the city does it. It's just so well done. They can handle uh, these special events. Uh, you were here, I guess, when Dave Matthews' band had the concerts at Bader Field. And well, you went to Dave Matthews. I went to Metallica, yeah. probably, right? Is that the way we uh, kind of grew up? Falling back to your male toxic days. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both great events. And even, and I think the weekend after that, or the weekend in between, they had a, a, an urban festival. But all three, off without a hitch, the town does special events really well. 400,000, 500,000 people here for an air show. As we come to a close with Lance Langraff from the CRDA, the Director of Planning, my name is Mel Taylor. This is the AC Primetime Radio Podcast on the road here inside the room where the CRDA has their monthly meetings. The big bad bullhorn on the boardwalk. This is AC Primetime Radio. How do we grow Atlantic City as a tourism destination and a place where millennials want to buy a home and raise a family while also addressing and being mindful of the social and economic needs of current Atlantic City 
residents? One, one of the biggest things we're promoting in almost every zone that we're looking to create with, with the, uh, the new master plan amendment and, and the new zoning is mixed use. Mixed use works for the millennial crowd. It works for existing neighborhoods, existing residents. Um, millennial, or uh, excuse me, mixed use creates a, a live, work, play environment. That's good for all demographics. The millennials like to be able to walk to places. They like to live in the same neighborhood where they're going to go get their coffee in the morning, their lunch, even work, um, and then their dinner and, and their entertainment. Um, they're, they're a very urban-centric demographic, if you, if, you, if you understand what I'm talking about. They, they love living in an urban environment where everything is accessible. Uh, they don't want to miss out on something because they had to take their car and find parking. They want to be able to just jump in an Uber, jump in a Lyft, uh, take a jitney, and get to a place or walk. That that's their mindset. Um, not so different from you know the, the residents that live here now. A lot of residents in Atlantic City don't have a car. They don't need it. They get public transportation. They can walk. Um, so that's an asset that I think both of those two demographics can come together and still live in the same community. Um, the Barai development is a perfect example. It's going to have commercial development on the first floor, I think nine, eight or 9,000 square feet with 250, 251 residential units above it. Um, exciting project. That's going to be the first real new market rate housing development in the city in quite a long time. Some are concerned that a lot of this rezoning and an amended the amended master plan could affect real estate values in not always a positive way how do you respond to that well there, there's a lot of vacant land it's been vacant for close to 40 years in some of these zones um everyone's hanging on for that last casino that's going to get built you know they want to hold on for that last dollar um to get the biggest bang for their buck for their property um and i understand that you know that's what what property owners do they try and sell it for the, the best value at, at some point, we're, we're trying to add benefits to the, these zones to create other opportunities because obviously not every property is going to be built on with a casino. So we want to create other opportunities. We don't think we are negatively impacting these areas. We think we're, we're expanding the ability to create new opportunities, new economic development, and more exciting uses. In closing here, what's the one thing that the CRDA is doing today that it wasn't doing before? Governor Christie in 2011 made some changes, a lot of dramatic changes. Um, What's the one thing today that you just wish more people understood about the CRDA? You know, as a local resident, you know, I live in Ventnor. We do have Atlantic City's best interest in our minds and in our mindset to improve this area. I don't want to fail at this job. You know, nobody here wants to fail at their job. We want to make the city the best it can be, bring it back to what it used to be. And I think with this plan, this creates opportunities for economic development. From that aspect, I think we're, we're trying to put Atlantic City's best foot forward. And that, I think, partnering with the city of Atlantic City and trying to do that, that's, what we're, that's something that, you know, nobody sees that day-to-day stuff. But we are passionate about what we're doing for the city. Uh, everybody from 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 you know, Leonard that, that brought you in here this morning, you know, he's, he's passionate about what we do here all the way up to, to Chris, our new director. I mean, he really wants to, to make changes here and do things that will better this city. And in closing, there is one more chance for the general public to show up and voice their opinion about their proposed amendment to the master plan. They can either 
email you with their thoughts or they can come in person. And when, what's that, when's that date and what's that location for the next time the general public can uh, chime in on the changes to the master plan? March 29th. It's at the convention center, room 404, uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. We did one during the day. We do one at night. Lance Landgraf, thank you so much. Thanks, Mel. Sun, fun, news and info. From Atlantic City, this is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. Find us online at acprimetime.com. AC Primetime Radio, sponsored by Lacey Cleaning, the best in carpet cleaning, construction site cleanup, and rental turnovers. Go to LaceyCleaning.com. And AC Primetime Radio is powered by Get Smart Digital, the fastest growing, most sexy Ah. digital marketing company along the Jersey Shore. Need a kick-ass website? Hit them up. GetSmartDigital.com.